Welcome to the Campfire Conversation Podcast. I'm your host, Cole Kelly. Ask almost anybody who's been to summer camp, whether they be kids or staff members, and they'll tell you, it is awesome. They will also tell you through their words, but mostly through their actions, that they learn a ton while there too. As a longtime camp director, youth sport coach, and father to three growing young men, I know the lessons that we learn at camp can be hugely beneficial for all of us back home in the real world. So, each week, I'll spend some time around the digital campfire talking with professionals from inside and around the summer camp world. We'll share their lessons, their ideas, and their practices in a way that I hope will be immediately useful for your life back home. So, pull up a seat, get your marshmallow ready to roast, and let's spend some time learning together around the campfire. One of the great things about mini camps is the abundant presence of the natural world. Going to camp under the big, huge trees or in the mountains or in a place where the sky is huge really helps our kids connect to the world from which they were born. While this experience would be thought of as an everyday thing not too many years ago for everybody, being in nature now is becoming more and more rare for all of us, and I think to our detriment. The benefits of being in nature is something I've, I've always thought about but could never really explain quite well. Thankfully, one of my closest childhood friends can help. I am so, so excited to introduce you to Kat McIntyre. Kat and I grew up together in Athens, Georgia, sharing too many friends and laughs and youth group trips to count. And as you're about to hear, she's got an infectious personality still to this day and is so curious about the natural world. After leaving the University of Georgia with a master's of forestry degree, Kat has worked with camps, started a school, and led healing trips in the woods for hundreds. I don't know anybody any more qualified than Kat to teach us about the healing power of the great outdoors and how we can introduce it more and more into the lives of our children and ourselves. I hope you'll enjoy this great campfire conversation with my good friend, Kat McIntyre. Kathleen McIntyre, good to see you around the campfire. <laughs> good to be with you. <laughs> so just a, just a brief story for our listeners. I, I'll come totally clean. Um, Kathleen McIntyre is one of my good, good friends from growing up. We have known each other for a very, very long time. And oddly enough, both got into camping in different paths, um, but, but have found ourselves just working with kids, you know, ever since really leaving college. So Kat, how, remind me, how did you get into camping? I got into camping, um, actually, I was in college, okay. and it was actually through, through our mutual friends, Bird and Trip. Oh, that's right. You were at the, the that's, that's right. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. I went to a girls camp, and that was, I never grew up going to camp. That just wasn't part of my experience, and so I got introduced to camping as a camp counselor um, when I was in college. You were at, I, at Camp Rockbrook? Rockbrook? Rockbrook, Rock, Rock mm-hmm. and yeah. I loved it. It was like a perfect fit for me, and then... Um, when I was in, after graduate school, I got a master's in forestry and we met somebody from Camp Rockmont mm-hmm. who just kind of wooed me back into the camping world. And so I ended <laughs> back in as the homestead coordinator. So doing homesteading, teaching kids how to garden, take care of animals, make baskets. So kind of doing all the stuff I love to do. Um, and so just kind of, and re, kind of reconnecting them with the land um, mm-hmm. and with nature. So I kind of got back via that way and ended up staying in the camping world in different capacities for about nine ten years after that got it so awesome I kind of fell in love with it 
And now you, you've kind of switched focus because I know, you know, you've got your family and, you know, like we've got ours, which is always kind of fun. It's still mind blowing to me. That we're going to have this conversation, <laughs> but, but you've gone from camp and now you've actually helped to start a school, correct? But that's really involved with nature. Yes. So about, so six years ago, uh, I started the Davidson Green School with Jennifer Jacobisi. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm the green part of the green school. So my background is, um, forestry and such. Um, and her, she actually has her PhD in education. So the two of us kind of made, made a powerful team, um, where it's really like, a, you know, working with the whole child. So academic Gregor, but also really taking care of the social emotional needs of kids. Mm-hmm. And also my passion of teaching them sustainability and getting them out and connect with nature. So like what a day would look like even yesterday, taking kids out on a walk, down into our woods, we have three acres, and just teaching them how to be still and be quiet and to, to observe with all their senses. Mm-hmm. So you know, all the kids at our school just kind of grow up having that skill. And you know, it's really sweet. It's, it is very, there's elements that are very camp-like um, within the school just because that's my background. And I, I'm passionate about camp. And, you know, camp is one of those things that's like, I heard so much, like, it's heaven on earth for kids. I'm yeah. like, man, it's heaven on earth for kids. Well, why do we have heaven on earth year-round? You know, and so kind of the green school is part of that. It's part of the idea of like, why are we doing this all the time, nurturing all parts of them, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. You know, when you say that you did homesteading at, at Rockma, it sounds like you're probably doing a lot of homesteading, you know, now yeah. at environment. Mm-hmm. We have, a, we have a greenhouse and aquaponics. And so they're getting out and gardening and, and that kind of stuff. So it's, it's great. So Rockmont, I believe, is a great boys camp. And yes. we're outside of Asheville, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in Black so Mountain. How did how did the boys take the idea of homesteading? Because that's very different than what you know, kind of the, the boys usually grow up with. Um, that go to it some. Is. Yes, it's amazing because that camp had all kinds of offerings, um, and so just your, your traditional camp offerings. And it ended up a lot of the kids that came to homesteading kind of needed to slow down. They just, they, it was just a different rhythm of life. So it was like they could step away from like the high thrills, adventure, all that stuff at camp and come homesteading. We're just a little slower and they loved it. We actually took some of our produce to market. It was oh wow, really sweet. It was really sweet. Um, so Rockmont, so, they, so John McNair runs a, the program now and it's really dynamic. He's made an, an incredible program there. Um, but it is. It's, I think it definitely attracts a certain kind of kid, um, homesteading, kids that like to just kind of dig in the earth and move a little bit, have a different rhythm. What do you think, what, what are your, you know, having gone through that program and now having gone through, you know, the school that you guys are running, what are some of the outcomes that you see that the kids get from that, you know, by playing in the dirt and, and learning how things grow and, and slowing down? What, what do you see change in the kids? Well, you know, like even just being out in nature, this is one thing that I'm always astounded by. So, you know, we teach them, you have to move slower when you're out in nature or gardening or your, your, your rhythm of life is just, you're observing more, mm-hmm. you're being present with what's right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And how that translates is like when we take them on field trips or go to museums, you know, mm-hmm. we'll always get the feedback like, oh my gosh, these, your kids are so observant. Mm-hmm. They notice things that other kids just don't notice. And I really feel like it's because like we're teaching like that, the, the skill of observation at a deep level, um, mm-hmm. more than like if you're in a classroom and you're with a textbook and I mean, you're, you're not observing, you're just kind of, it's a, it's a different way of learning, but we really work on just using all parts of you to observe and gather information and to learn. You know, I even teach like, 
you know, um, you can learn so much about something by just observing it. Right. Like the, the, the function of something is often determined by its form. Well, look at the form. What does it tell you? Mm-hmm. It's kind of a tangent, but it's like you can, by being out in nature and, and gardening, you just learn about so many things that you couldn't learn in a traditional classroom setting. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. You know, I think about our kids in the evenings walking around and at, at camp. A lot of our kids come from either busy suburbs or, or real busy cities um, where there's a lot of noise pollution. They, they're always having input. There's a lot of light pollution, so they really can't see the stars. The stars. And when they get to camp, all of a sudden they look up and they can see the stars and they hear sounds that they are not familiar with to a lot of point where the kids will come and say, you know, Cole, what is that? Or counselor, what is that? It's like, oh, no, those are bullfrogs or those are crickets or those are, those are the sounds of nature um, that they don't otherwise get a chance. And then you, hear, you watch them sit out on a field and just listen. Mm. It's just incredible just to see that, oh, my gosh, their eyes open up, their ears open up, their whole senses are now opening up. That's magical. And that's like, it's like a spiritual experience. It's like you realize you're part of something outside of yourself. It's yes. not just me here. It's like, oh, wait a minute. There's this like whole wide world that is so vast and so amazing. And it's like a gift. And I am part of this. So it expands also your sense of self, I think, and your connection mm-hmm. to all of life. So it's like, I, I'm just such a big proponent. I think that's so beautiful. What a gift that your campers get by just sitting out under the stars and getting to see that and, and hearing yeah. the night noises. How magical is it to hear the noises at night? <laughs> it is. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. Once they get over the shock of what is that? And then all of a sudden, wow, that's great. Yeah. It's really kind of incredible to watch the kids go off into the woods and we have a number of creeks and, and we have a great force. We're very fortunate in our area to get out there and explore and, and see things. Um, how, I mean, and you work with kids that come from an urban environment or from a suburb environment. How can you feel like they can get out into the, the nature around them? You know, we're lucky. Um, we have a lot of natural spaces in our area. We kind of, we are in the suburbs, but there mm-hmm. are a number of parks. Um, and just, you know, it's like I encourage parents just to go out and just wander with them, find a Creek and let your kid just mess around. You know, <laughs> like take, the, yeah. take the boundaries. You know, it's like we have a philosophy of follow the child, you know, mm-hmm. follow the child and take them somewhere. Like, and I, and all, so many suburban areas do have natural spaces. Mm-hmm. Let them follow them see where they're led to maybe it's just to go look at a really big tree or maybe they hear something but it's like really like let them follow their follow their curiosity um and then allow that time to unfold wow that actually takes me back to a memory i've got with our three boys a long time ago when my brother got married in new york city south you know Yay. um we took him to central park and we literally sat down and they climbed rocks and then they found a tree and then they found a squirrel and then they started making up all these stories about the squirrel and we kept looking in and we just played along. Like you said, we, we didn't know. We just kind of let them go do their thing. Um, but you really can't, if you follow the child, really start to explore in pretty incredible ways. I'd never thought about it that way. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, like sometimes we get in their way of exploration. It's like, oh, we say, oh, why don't you look at this? Oh, wait, look at, you know, it's like, wait, let them discover that on their own. And they're going to go, they're going to discover things that we never would have thought about discovering. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's enlivening to their sense of self. I think when they discover on their own, it becomes, life becomes a sense of adventure. You know, we want our kids to enter into life as like this adventure. Because it also that, that sense of adventure, if we live like that, life's more exciting. Life is more passion filled. And we end up like, also hanging on to our like authentic selves like we all come into this world in a certain way and the Mm -hmm. more we can um be inspired internally by the world around us i think we can kind of stick in 
stay with um, kind of who we came here to be. It's like kind of to be our authentic self. So I think nature can do that. I know I put a lot of stock in what nature can do to us. Well, have you? So I read an article a while ago about this idea of nature bathing or tree bathing. It's that comes. Yeah, for, it's called forest bathing. Forest bathing. All right. So what yeah. is that? So forest bathing. I actually take people to do forest bathing. So I, I think I do it myself. I love it. It traditionally it's a lot longer of an experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it started in it started in Japan, and okay. literally, you know, people would get some. some uh, prescriptions to go spend some time in the woods huh. like from like legitimately. And it's, it's been researched, you know, this time spent in the, in the woods lowers people's heart rate, um, decreases cortisol secretion. So literally there's a biochemical response from time spent in the woods <laughs> and it's all been documented, which I love. I'm, I'm a science geek. So I love that it's documented. Like there's actually tangible research on time spent in and really Forest bathing is just walking in the woods with curiosity. It's like putting your thinking mind on the shelf and almost like kind of be, like beginner's mouth, almost childlike and like, wow, just, just noticing. It's just walking, walking slowly. There's no, there's no end game to forest bathing. There's no, it's not a hike. It's a different than a hike where, I mean, I can, you know, I love hiking. I'm a big hiker, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a bit slower. It's more of like, it's a bit more of a wandering experience. It's like, where are you attracted to go? And, and to stop and to notice and to ponder. And it just allows your whole nervous system to settle down and just unfurl, you know? And so it really helps people with anxieties, depression. It's very, it's really therapeutic. And it's just, I think it's good for all of us. Wow. That's so I had, I had heard the term, but I had no idea that it had that many, you know, outcomes physiologically. I mean, Oh yeah. I mean, I've, I've walked through the woods, you know, after camp to kind of <laughs> calm down a little bit, you know, you, you do camp for, for seven straight weeks and all of a sudden, you know, so you, it's a break and walking through the woods has always calmed me down. But I always thought that was just kind of me. I didn't realize that that really is for everybody. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's like hardwired and hardwired into our system. And even like the phenols that the trees decree, like help calm us down. It's a, it's pretty amazing. The effect. So, I think children too, like think that, that does it for us. It does that for children. Mm-hmm. Um, also helps our focus. We're not like, we're not distracted by the world around us too. So it, it does that on another level. But yet now when I talk to parents, you know, we say that we're in the woods, uh, because our camp is in the woods and a lot of camps are, and some, some camps are, but you know, we're fortunate to be there. I get a lot of, well, but they're ticks, you know, the, they're, they're this, they're, what do you, what do you guys deal with, with predator, predatory animals? You know, do you have bears? I'm like, and I kind of laughed at myself like, oh, well, the, the one black bear we have that's interested in our right. fridge. They're probably not interested in the kid, um, you know. <laughs> but, Absolutely. But there is a, a sense of of trepidation or fear from I think more we adults, you know. Toward how can we help parents kind of see nature for what it is, being you know this open playground rather than this place filled with with danger. Now that's a really good question, and like even I, I lead a lot of field trips. Um, for kids, and I get kids out in the woods a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I, you know, I tell my parents is like, there are, you know, there's inherent risk to everything, to walking mm-hmm. down the road. I mean, that's just, it's life. You know, you can't put yourself in a bubble. But one thing about nature, if, if you're, if you are, if a child learns to be intentional in the woods, mm-hmm. they start noticing things. So like when I work with children in the woods, I'm like, notice where you're walking, look in front of you. What do you see? You know, if you see a snake, be like, oh my gosh, cool. And then take some steps back. <laughs> so it really teaches them, it teaches them responsibility for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it teaches them awareness. Again, that sense of observation. 
So more of like a fearful place is like, oh, wait, this is a place of opportunity and observation. And these are skills that the kids need to learn. Mm -hmm. Um, Because people used to have that skill of like, I mean, I'm about to go walk in the woods. I need to be careful of this and that and the other. Not from a place of fear, from a place of knowing. So it's like, you know, it's like you teach your children like, well, these are potentially out there, but, but those are still things of wonder to discover. You know, even I was actually taking a group out two days ago, like, okay, it's spring. So wasps are going to start making their nests. That's mm-hmm. something to be aware of. So it's up. So, and this is what this looks like. So it's just like teaching them, ob- you know, skills of observation, because you can avoid a lot of hazards with that. Um, and the, the benefits far outweigh any risks. Mm-hmm. And even with ticks, you know, ticks are an issue. Yep. Um, but a lot of ticks, you know, it's like, if again, it's teaching your, like, your children or helping your children just do tick checks because a lot of those, they don't take um, effect until 24 hours later. Well, if you do a check, tick check, mm-hmm. you're fine. You know, you get it off, you, you catch it the same day, you get it off and you know, it's, you're, you're, you're eliminating a lot of the problem. If, again, if you're, what it brings us into is slowing down. Yeah. Our culture is so fast, but nature has this invitation of like, Hey, slow down. Observe, enjoy, relax, let your nervous system drop. You're overstimulated. <laughs> but invite us that, and that, that's also healing. And then at the end of it, oh, well, just observe your body. Notice if there's any, notice if you have any ticks on your body. It's like, you know, again, it's the ha- teaching kids responsibility, and sure. that's good too. Yeah, it's funny growing up in the South, you know, like you did with our dogs running around out in the woods, you know, we'd always get it back and we had to do a tick check for the dogs and that would always make me want to do a tick check for myself. Right. So you know, we never had a problem with with any of the, the issues I have now because we were always checking. It's just one yep. of those things. Um, so how would you how would you suggest to families who are interested in, in getting out into the woods a little bit more, what would be some baby steps or some first steps that they could take so that they themselves can get out and start taking their kids out into the woods a little bit more too? You know, I really feel like there's so many good trails. Like it really has, I feel like this resurgence of of getting out in nature. I think it's really happening. And there are so many good trails out there Mm -hmm. pretty much within two hour drive of most places, even cities, you know, like Mm -hmm. New York city. I used to live there for three years. You could get to bear mountain in no time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a lot simpler to get out into the wilderness than we think, you know, it's like, I feel like the biggest limitation is time. You have to Mm -hmm. exit out on your calendar. (laughs) Not a Saturday once a month. I like, and it's like a commitment. Like we're going to go and maybe it's for an hour. We're just going to go walk in the woods for an hour and see what we see, you know, but I, I have to say starting the younger, the better. The young, the younger you start them off, the easier it is because it's just part of what you do as a family. Mm-hmm. I've been, you know, I started. We started our children off backpacking at age two. Well, at age, you know, fourteen, fifteen. There's, you know, Gracie's will be. She's fourteen now. It's like she's still interested in it because it's just what we do. But I've been, we, you know, we were on the AT and we saw somebody just trying to get their fourteen year old person down the trail, and they were miserable because they've never done it before. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think some kind of like establishing family culture is really important. So as you're going into the teenage years, it's just part of what you all do. And it makes it easier because that's the time where you really want to connect with them. Oh, absolutely. You know, they're trying to play. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and if you have set that up, it, I, I do think it allows you time and space to have a great conversation while you're mm-hmm. walking on a trail. You know, I, I had a, a friend who said that they were just going to do a couple of days on the Appalachian Trail with their child. I said, oh, have you guys hiked before? They said, no, never have. I said, well, you, you might want to start back just a little bit. You know, yes. that, that's biting off a little bit more than you could maybe chew at the first start. 
Absolutely. So like, yeah, like that one hour day hike. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. that was good. Let's try, let's try like a half a day. Yeah. You know, you'd like test out your boots and kind of yeah. get yourself together. But I think something you said earlier is kind of the key is that it's got to be fun. Like it, it's got to be a place for the kids to go explore. We were fortunate enough to go to the uh, Grand Tetons a couple of years ago with the boys. Um, and we were taken, the first day hike was incredible. I mean, it's, it's seeing Jenny Lake and all these mountains is just, it's overwhelming. The beauty is just spectacular to the point where our then 13 year old son Cole never touched his phone, was looking around saying, this is most amazing. Dad, you got to come see this. Mom, you got to come see this. It was awesome. But the next day was actually, I thought better because we were taking a hike just ourselves and it started to drizzle rain just a little bit. And there's this big, beautiful Creek that they allowed us to go in. And so the boys spent almost the entire day just playing around the creek, walking up, walking down, doing a hike, coming back to the creek, building stuff. That changed their whole perspective of nature. Wow, that's amazing. That's it. They had self-exploration. They were, they were exploring. That's amazing. Yeah. And I, I can't help but think that there's so many people that would benefit from that type of experience. And it doesn't have to be at the Grand Tetons. I mean, it can be in your local park. It could be I mean, there's a park not too far from here in, in Watkinsville, Georgia, a tiny little town that has got a creek running through it into a, a pond. You can spend all day in that creek looking for stuff. Yes. You know, yep. and if you're worried about getting dirty, go home and take a shower and just hose them off before they go in the house. No big deal. Absolutely. You know, it's like starting them off young and early. He's like, they, they, have this, they have this automatic relationship and connection that will serve them their entire lives, um, yeah. this connection with nature. And it, it's healing, you know, um, it's like, it's, it's such a gift that parents can give their kids. Um, even, you know, like even it's, it's never too late to start taking your kids out, but mm-hmm. I think, I think just doing it is, is key. And like you said, making it fun, like, Oh, okay, let's do a, let's do a, you know, even to get them out to do like a waterfall challenge. Let's go see all the waterfalls in mm-hmm. Georgia. This is, you know what I mean? Make it like a fun, like, can we do it? You know, just like add mm-hmm. a yeah. level of challenge to it, which is also fun. Awesome. So what are some of the things that your kids do at the school? I know you said that they go out to explore, but what are some of the other things that they do, you know, on a, on a day at your school? Well, so like, let's say the little kids, we have a three to six year old group there. They go to the woods for an hour every day. So we have three acres. And Is that rain or shine? Um, if it, unless it's really, really raining. If it's, if it's misty, kind of a dr- little drizzly, they'll go out with their boots on. But oh. it's, if they do an hour of, is is you know, forest kindergarten where they're just exploring and tinkering. You know, we have, we have a lot of outside classroom space so kids can go outside if they have an assignment and read and write. So even our middle schoolers have like a little outside area that they can bring their laptops to so they can work outside. Mm-hmm. So we, we create as many opportunities for them. Like why be inside when you can be outside? Yep. You know, so. Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. It's funny. I've also read a story and I think it was, comes from England where they were setting up playgrounds for kids, but it's basically just a big open place with a couple of things and they go, get to go create and make. Have you, have you heard about this? I've heard a few different things like just to that effect. I don't know about the one that you're talking about, but like even on our playground, we, we don't have a whole lot of elements because we, the, if you have <laughs> the less right. elements, more kind of inspired play that they come up with. They come up with their own stuff. So sometimes elements get in the way of, of their exploration, you know, <laughs> letting them free and do their thing. Again, it's like having adults kind of take, take away what we think is best and let them kind of explore and, and have, create their own experience. Yeah. That, that's such a, a huge thing. So what do you feel like camp taught you? I mean, you, 
you came through college, you know, going to a great camp at, at Rockbrook and then coming back to Rockmont and then, you know, getting married and having kids. What did that process of, of, of being a camp counselor and, and the head of the homestead do to you or for you as a parent, you feel like? You know, so we actually went to Wilmer, that which was Camp Henry. So that's kind of where we landed, and my husband was a camp director. So we, so that was where we landed, and that's where our kids go now. So we, so Camp Henry, it's it's over um, near Canton, North Carolina. So it's in the mountains. Mm-hmm. And having that experience, I just, I don't think if I had that experience, I would not necessarily send my kids to camp for one, really? and they would have missed out. No, it would have occurred to me because it wasn't in my camp, wasn't in my awareness, right? You know, until I actually got into it. But I just realized, you know, being in camp, it is so, it is magical and, you know, lifelong friendships form there. And so it's like, I feel like it's such a gift to my own kids to get, to let them, to get them to go to camp and to the camp that like my, I was pregnant with my daughter, you <laughs> know, goes to when she was 14, you know, so she's like literally been there from the very beginning. So it's like a sense of place, you know, and no matter what, it's like, you go back to your camp friends. It's like, you can leave like your regular life behind and, and just almost kind of Sometimes be, especially as you become older and older, mm-hmm. sometimes they might lose a little bit of their innocence, but you go back to camp and, and that joy and that connection happens again. So it's so, it's very sweet. So it kind of also helps us kind of keep that innocence and that joy and that sense of play and, and adventure. That's awesome. That was a long-winded answer. Sorry. No, that, that's great though. No, I think that, <laughs> I'm always interested from other, you know, camp parents, um, you know, because we, we've got kind of a unique you know, experience with our kids relative to, to most families. So yeah. fantastic. Well, Kat, it's, it's so awesome having you around the campfire. If, if people wanted to get in touch with you, how can they do it? And, and please, I know you're also doing some work now with, with adults um, mm-hmm. um, of your own stuff in the woods with it. But tell me what you're doing now and, and how people can get in touch with you. So you can reach me at it's Kat McIntyre, K-A-T-M-C. I-N-T-Y-R-E mm-hmm. um, dot com, com, and I've got a list of retreats. But actually, I work with adults, and I actually work with, I do a lot of nature-based therapy in the woods, so I might be on the phone, so I do long distance. I'll be on the phone with somebody, I'm in the woods, and they're in the woods. Oh, and cool. it's like, <laughs> the experience is very different because I feel like we tap into a level of wisdom within ourselves um, when we're in the woods versus then when we're inside. So um, so it's, it's, it's a fascinating process. Like, we really do, we, we and you try it out. Like when you go, take it, take it, question you're, you're pondering and, and head outside with it and see what kind of answers you come up with. So I work with adults now, and actually working with adults and connecting with nature really sprang board from working with children. Like I mean, the children need it. Oh my gosh, the adults need this so much, mm-hmm. um, especially in this busy world. So patmcintyre.com and then the school that I go to just, just to learn more about our philosophy is davidsandgreenschool.org. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, and I'll put all the links up in the show notes as well. So, um, well, Kat, it's so great catching up with you. Great seeing you. Yes. So good to be with you. Thank you so much. It was awesome. I love the work you're doing. You're doing such good stuff. Well, we're having fun with it. Well, great. All right. Well, let's, let's douse the campfire and and head on back to our our stuff, but, um, have a great summer. Uh, Good luck with the kids and great, great luck with the school. Thank you. You too. Have a great camp summer. Hope to talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. As my mother would often say to us, y'all, go outside. (laughs) Will it be uncomfortable at times? Sure. Will it be messy? I hope so. We do our children and ourselves a huge disservice by staying indoors all the time. I recently heard a thinker posit that looking up into the starry vault of the heavens at night gives us a sense of the infinite and our place within it. 
it would be wise for us to go out and connect more often with the natural world from whence we all came. I bet if the more we do this, we'd see a great deal of benefits, both personally and a culture at large. So get outside. It's a playground out there. Go enjoy it. Well, that's enough for this evening. Thanks so much for joining us around the campfire. If you enjoyed this show, please make sure to check back for more podcasts that focus on bringing the learning of camp to the larger world. If you like what you hear, please leave a review and tell your friends. We've got a great big campfire circle and everyone is welcome. Until we speak again, go out there and do good and be good. Thanks again to our friends at Scope for sponsoring the Campfire Conversation podcast. Scope stands for Summer Camp Opportunities Promote Education. They provide children from underserved communities with life-changing opportunities through the experience of summer camp. Scope campers benefit from a positive, safe, and healthy environment led by excellent role models who give them the chance to develop their full potential. We both believe that summer camp reinforces what children learn in school and enhances overall academic learning. If you would like to help give some wonderful children a life-changing experience, I hope you'll join me in supporting Scope. You can find them online at scopeusa.org and on social media at support scope.